guys, Corey, Anxiety Wad Podcast. I hope you are doing well. Yeah, got a unique recording situation going on here. I am sitting in my car in a parking lot. I ran out of time to record an episode last weekend, and so I'm just here. I'm like, hey, I got time. I'm going to do it. So that's where we're at. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the last episode with my wife, Lauren. Uh, we went over some good stuff, and I do plan to have her back. Uh, for those of you that have submitted questions uh, regarding her and I, uh, both as parents and as significant others, uh, as it relates to living with someone with anxiety, we're going to have her back on. And I'm actually going to do like a poll uh, where you can submit questions specifically for her and I on that episode. And so keep an eye out for that on Instagram and Facebook, and I'll let you know when that's coming up. So today, uh, I want to do a couple shout outs. Uh, I had a couple people that have helped me out recently and have been uh, willing to pass the information along. And really what I do when I contact people is I just say, hey, here's what the show does. Pass it on to people that you think it might help. I don't ask them to pass it and post it on their Instagram or their Facebook or I'm not looking for advertising. I just want them to spread the word. Well, these, these people are ones that actually posted it on their stories posted it on their Instagram and kind of helped spread the word. So one is Carlene Matthews. Uh, she was a games athlete. I think last year she did not participate in the games. I think she might have gotten hurt. Um, but Carlene, uh, it's Team Carlene on Instagram. Uh, so go check her out. So thank you, Carlene, for spreading the word about the podcast. And then also Tango Charlie Apparel. Uh, they do some of those CrossFit shirts. Uh, it's, what is it, um, World's Okayest Exerciser. And then gooder than yesterday those shirts i have a few of those and uh, they were generous enough to spread the word of the podcast as well so for questions today um, i had a couple of questions that were fairly similar so i kind of grouped them together and uh, the first one is related to sports and performance Uh, i want to know like i feel like i don't push myself enough and that i'm not getting better or becoming the best version of myself that i can be It really stresses me out and keeps me awake at night. I just don't know how to tell myself or believe that I'm working hard enough and doing what it takes. Um, So that's, you know, in performance, we tend to compare ourselves to other people. And, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, as they say. So when it comes to relating to sports, um, I used to do this as well. Part of my story is I played college football and basketball for two years. And my third year, I did not play basketball any longer, and I focused on football. Well, I was lucky enough to be at a point where I could try out for the NFL after college. And I did it as a punter, and I also kicked off. Um, I played receiver as well off and on in college, but um, those were the two things that I tried out for. And when you're doing that, you compare yourself to everybody else. That specific position is a revolving door of people. Um, once you're in the inner circle, kind of, you kind of get passed around. Um, it's just kind of like a filler position, I believe. It's very, uh, it's very hard to get into the NFL, and it's very hard to get into that inner circle. But for me, I was very stressed out with it, mainly because they stand about 10 feet away from you with a stopwatch and a clipboard, and <laughs> you go, and it's just like 15 people standing around you while you do it, and they don't say anything after you kick. You get feedback afterwards, but they, they stare at you. And I think I, I, when I went to therapy like the second time, I think, we kind of evaluated that whole um, time period of my life. 
And what I found out is that my metrics were off. So I had all these metrics for my performance. Like I could track yardage. I could track percentage that I put at the place that I wanted to. I could track uh, my get off time. I could track like the yardage it took me to punt, uh, etc. But what I didn't track is how was I doing compared to yesterday? Rather, I compared myself to how I was doing compared to everybody else at the tryout, kind of not taking advantage of my biggest asset, which is maximizing my performance, not worrying about anybody else, but focusing on what I can do. And so when we're trying to improve in skills and when we're trying to get better, let's say in CrossFit, when we're trying to perfect our snatch, which I don't know if there is a perfect snatch other than like Maddie Rogers or somebody like that. Um, but when you're trying to get better, I'm not going to compare myself to my wife, right? Our weights are different. How I move is different based on my body composition, my biomechanics, how she moves is different. She doesn't have a background in lifting like I do. So I'm not going to compare myself to how her lift looks. I almost, <laughs> I almost said a snatch looks, but that's a whole nother uh, avenue there. Um, so I don't compare myself to that. And I think it's easy to do is, is especially in something competitive like basketball or competitive like football or cross crossfit or you know it's easy to compare yourself to the speed and the skill level of other people so what i would suggest is create your own metrics on a daily basis you know long-term goal is to win the game or long-term goal is to play in college or long-term goal is to be all state or all american or all pro or CrossFit games, whatever it may be, that's the end goal. But the way that that is achieved is those skills that you develop on a daily basis. So if you're stressed out and anxious about your performance in contrast to other people, you need to change your metrics. That's going to be the best way to figure out a way around being anxious and laying awake at night because you're worried about what other people are doing. If you can figure out your own metrics and, and check off the box at the end of the day and be like, I did that stuff that I needed to do to maximize my own potential. There's nothing to stress out about. So like in the morning, set your intention for the day. And I've been doing this with my um, lean machine challenge. I think I talked a little bit about that, but I'm, I'm working on getting my health back on track. I've got a little bit of a leaky gut. I want to lose some weight and lean out. So my intention for each day, I try to post that so people can see what it is. Um, but for your intention for your day, is like today I want to shoot 100 jump shots from 15 feet and try to hit at least 60 of them or 70 of them or whatever your metric is going to be and once you do that you can check that box off like for me on a daily basis it's like I'm going to do my morning routine I'm going to eat healthy I'm going to work out and I'm going to do my post-workout care or my, my prehab or my rehab and if I can check all those boxes, I really can't stress out because I'm, I'm checking those boxes to compete against whatever competition I decide is the one I want to do. I'm not going to compete against anybody in the gym. I really have had enough of that in my life. So if I can back it off and say, these are the things I'm going to check off today. And if I do that, I can hang my hat on it. The other thing with that aspect is be your biggest cheerleader. Like be on your own side. Like if you're spending so much time focusing on other people, you're more on their side than you are on your own. You're not, you're not lifting yourself up. You're not patting yourself on the back being like, dude, I'm so happy that you went and did extra um, work on your kip. Like if you're trying to get pull-ups, do you do extra kipping after class or before class? 
You know, those type of things. Pat yourself on the back for effort versus accomplishment. Uh, we work on this with our kids, and, and we, we try to do a very good job at praising effort versus accomplishment. How you uh, achieve something is more so important than actually achieving it. Now, some people may disagree with that. I don't care. But I have done pretty much everything you can do in athletics. I don't remember that. I remember when I didn't put enough effort in. I remember when I put so much effort in and we lost, I still felt good about it. We lost in the state championship, and it was the only game that we lost all year, which sucked. But I remember I, I was dead at the end of that game. I played as hard as I ever had, and I hung my hat on that because, yeah, it, it was just one of those things that I will never forget, the effort I put into that. Um, and the other thing is don't shame yourself if it doesn't work out the way that you expect. I would shift right from um, the metric of a grade in your performance or a grade in your day to saying, okay, I, I need to put in more effort tomorrow. Because you can't change what you did previously. Just be like, I, I'm going to put more effort in tomorrow. I'm not going to stress out about it. I'm not going to shame myself because that will cause more isolation. And if you're comparing yourself to other people, you're isolating yourself already. So I think that, that, that'll be good for that question. I can always answer more about I I did get a question about like um, performance anxiety as it relates to CrossFit. And I, I will come back to that one and circle back around how it specifically applies to before a workout, during a workout, and after a workout. But I think for now, that'll be good. All right, question two. It's kind of a three-part question. Um, my biggest, but, but not my only, source of anxiety involves something happening to my kids. Did your anxiety escalate or surface differently when you became a parent? If so, did you have to come up with a different strategies, strategies to manage it? And how do I work on making sure my anxiety doesn't dictate what I do and don't, it doesn't let my kids experience it as well. Uh, this is one that's pretty close to home. Um, like I said, my son is someone that is dealing with this at the moment and we had, uh, he had a little bit of a panic attack at choir concert the other night. And so, um, we wa we worked through that, but, uh, you know, as a, when, when my anxiety, when I started to become a parent, my anxiety, was still pretty bad. I think my anxiety about my children were fairly common. Um, I think that what I've read about parenting and anxiety is that some of the things that you worry about are not any different from other people. The difference is that we have uh, the feeling of anxiety ingrained into our system. Like it's part of us, it's a response rather than a specific situation. Our kids are always going to cause us worry. We're always going to worry about something happening to them. We're always going to want to protect them. We're always going to want to make them feel better. We're always going to want to save them from pain. And so for me, when that happened at the concert, he got up and it, it appeared that he just had to go to the bathroom. And so he, he came down from the, the bleachers and ran to his teacher and his teacher took him out. And eventually he came back in and went into the stands. And so I was curious if that's what was going on. So I was kind of watching him. And it was very apparent that you could see it on his face that he was getting anxious. And so as he kind of slid toward, he was right on the end at the edge of the uh, stands that he was standing on there. And he kind of edged to the get closer and closer. I'm like, oh, okay, I know what this is. I know that feeling. And so he came off again. And so I got up and went out there and talked to him and just asked him what the thought was. I said, 
what what are you feeling what are you thinking how can i help you what do you need and i asked him i said do you think that you can do this can you go back out there and he went back out there twice and i told him a story of for me i had to give a speech about six years ago for work and i it was kind of an optional one it's like you can share your story about x and i ducked out and hid in the bathroom for about 45 minutes to an hour until they were done doing them so i said you know you're braver than i was i told him my story i said you're braver than i was you can do this and he kind of you know wiped his tears and we gave him a kleenex wipe his nose and he went back out there and stood up there and still struggled with it but he made it through the concert and the level of confidence that that built in him is immeasurable now he knows that when it's at its worst he can handle that and so I think my level of anxiety with that is better because I've worked on it, but it was peaked really quick, and then I talked myself down when he came out the stage the second time. Now, as far as something happening to your kids, I think it's what you tell yourself around those thoughts. Um, Brene Brown does a really good job of talking about that with uh, foreboding joy. Is like you look at your kids while they're sleeping, and she she says it this way. She's like. And then I have this thought of, oh my God, what if they die? It's called foreboding joy. It's like you're stopping yourself from actually feeling the joy and the love that you have for your child because you're worried that something bad is going to happen. So embrace the other side. Is just don't worry that you have those thoughts. It's, it's actually pretty common from what she says. And so for, like flip yourself back to the point of saying, man, I just love my kids. And deal with them getting hurt if it happens, you know. If you worry about them getting hurt all the time, it's going to be so much worse when it happens because you're building that up to be this gigantic thing versus enjoying life, being happy that they're having fun, have fun with them, and be present rather than worrying about something bad happening to them. And I think I think we worry so much about that that it takes away our own joy and it escalates our anxiety. So I don't know, it's, it's going to be a difficult one for me to answer because I might need to process it, this, this, one, this one a little bit more. Um, I think flipping myself back over to the positive is going to be my best bet for trying to stay on the happier side of your, something happening to your kids. Now my son, I, and I'm very honest with my son about my own anxiety, and so I think if you can see in your children that they're having a little struggle or they're having a little anxiety, Sharing with them that you feel the same way is going to bring you that much closer. It's going to make you feel better, and it's going to make them more willing to tell you when they're worried because you're going to want to connect with them and make sure that you guys are on the same page in order for them to speak to you about it. And for you, because if you put up this barrier between you and them with your own anxiety, it's going to be a harder thing to tackle. It's going to be a harder wall to climb over. But just open the door and, and explain to them how you feel. And if it worries them, be like, yeah, I'm worried too, but let's try to figure out a strategy together. You're going to know your kid best on, on what works for strategy. My son is, we use humor, and it seems to work. But I also give him uh, some, some help thinking through things, like teach him how to think versus what to think. And that seems to work out the best. And so what me and my wife try to do is we try to relate the situation we give him some talking points to think through the situation on where we think he should go with it. 
and, and sometimes they'll surprise you. So last night we got home and I told my kid, I'm like, you know, we had a little uh, bit of a, an argument before we left because he likes his hair a certain way, which kind of, it looks a little silly with how his hair is cut. Not a big deal, but it, he kind of got worked up. So he has, he's very particular about the way certain things are. And so I, I apologize. I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, buddy. I think I kind of got you a little anxious before the show talking about the hair thing. And I think, you know, I think it's kind of my fault. So I'm sorry. And he looks at me, he goes, daddy, it's not your fault. I freaked out. So it's my fault. And it was just so candid and open that, you know, I started tearing up, which I always do with my kids anyways. But I'm like, you know, buddy, I appreciate that. You know, I still, I'm gonna feel bad because it happened, but I appreciate you telling me that and taking ownership of it. But what do you, what else do you think about it? And then we start, kept talking about it, but your kids are going to surprise you with their honesty when you open up that open, that line of communication. So I hope that helps. That's, that's question two there. And we, I can talk more about that if you have any more questions. Um, person that asked that question, I know pretty well. So uh, we can connect if you have any more questions on that one. All right. Question three. How to deal with anxiety with performance like speeches and competitions and job interviews? Uh, this is a very interesting one as well. Um, it's very similar to the athletic performance one. Uh, for me, speeches is a big one that that sometimes I run into issues. It's always been one for me, even in school. Um, it's, it's a residual from feeling stupid, from shaming myself with, with the stuff in school, uh, reading in class, I had a hard time reading, uh, speaking in class. I knew the answer, but I couldn't show my work on the board. So it's very ingrained in a childhood memory of shame. And so speaking as far as it comes to work or as far as it comes to the anxiety side of things is a very difficult mountain for me to climb. And so what I did is I figured out, okay, I can climb a mountain one step at a time. What are those one steps I need to take to be able to have the confidence to deliver a speech? And now that's going to be different for everybody, what those things are going to be. Mine is I do about five to 10 minutes of breath work. I will practice my speech to the point that I can do it with my eyes closed and just memorize it. Um, I've tried every other way, like bullet points, uh, pictures for reference, um, full, full paragraphs on my notes, but I just memorize it and then it's much easier for me. Um, depending upon the subject, like if it's something about anxiety, I can just kind of wing it and be fine. Um, but I over-prepare. I think that that's one thing with someone with anxiety is the lack of control or the lack of knowledge of an outcome can be the hard part. But if you can over-prepare for a thing like a speech, or a performance, like if you're in the performing arts, like if you're doing a play, if you're doing a dance, overperform. Know your routine back and forth, like the back of your hand, you're going to be better off. And when it comes to something like a job interview, be yourself. They're, they're hiring you as a person. You know, in, and also interview the interviewee. You know, you're going to go work for someone. Make sure you interview them a little bit. Uh, but again, in the interview as well, overprepare. Learn the company. Learn a little bit about who's going to be interviewing you. Uh, learn the industry. Uh, come prepared with like a vision statement of what you see your position in the company being that you can hand to them, which it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It can just be bullet points, and there's your talking points should they ask you questions. Know all the talking points around your bullet point. Again, over-prepare. And then when you go in, have an idea of, who you want to represent yourself as 
that's kind of a backwards way of saying know who you want to be before you go to a job interview okay now basically it's a dumb way of saying (laughs) know yourself really well so you can sell that now i used to go and try to be like a caricature of myself and be the salesman or be the manager or be the safety person or what else have i done you know be the fitness instructor rather than just saying i want to find a company that aligns with who i am as a person and then go work there and that's where i work today i can be the same person i am at home as i am at work the only difference is i have to wear a little you know a little less uh, loud clothing at work you know i can't really wear my zubas and my fanny pack i mean i probably could but you know i don't want to freak people out and be the the weird guy at work but uh going into a job interview what are you telling yourself before you go in there are you worried more so about what they're going to think of you or are you going to be like i know myself i'm going to go in tell them about myself if it doesn't work out it's not the right position now it could be something where money like you need a job really bad and money's coming in so do some thinking around um, possible scenarios that you don't get the job it's very likely that that could happen so if i don't get the job I'm going to think about X, Y, and Z, find a metric. So if the interview goes well, I'm going to hang my hat on, boom, whatever it is. So I would try to find a metric for what you can look at going into the interview. I would find a metric what you're going to look for as a checkbox for the result of the interview. Um, I would find a metric that you can checkbox if you don't get the job, and then a metric that if you do get the job, None of which I have said is I don't, I don't want you to have a checkbox for what they're going to think of you because it really doesn't matter. My opinion matters. Theirs doesn't. Now, in the scheme of things, as a career, it does. But when you're going into an interview to calm your anxiety, your opinion matters. How you know yourself. How you know your skill set that you're trying to sell to them to bring on to their company. Like if you're you know, a fabricator, like know what you can do and be honest about your limitations you don't have to try to be someone that you're not okay i think that's good for those yeah i think so all right guys a little shorter episode this time uh let me know if you have any more questions about any of those things i talked about and for your week here the exit wad i want you to try two things that are outside your comfort zone whether it's going up to talk to a stranger to introduce yourself, whether it's talk to that girl that you see at the gym or at work that you like or that boy that you like, start a conversation with them. It doesn't have to be with the all this weight of are they going to like me or not. Just go up and say hi. See what happens. Whether it's try cold shower, which I highly recommend, or a cold tub, try it. If it's something around one of your phobias or one of your anxious moments, take like dip your toe into the pool. So like for me, I have a fear of flying. Well, if I go to the local airport and go look at it, that's kind of out of my comfort zone because it's close to around one of my severe phobias. So getting proximal to some of your phobias, you don't have to try to conquer them, but do something close that's going to give you a little bit of confidence that you can check that confidence box off. You know, another one for me is going to the hospital or to the doctor for diagnostic tests. 
Now I can't just walk in and be like, hey, let me see your MRI machine, man. They might kick me out, um, which they probably would. But uh, just go and park in the hospital parking lot and just get close to it. You know, it's something that's outside your comfort zone or whatever it may be, whatever you have, if it's health, if it's whatever, try to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. Do two of them and see how it goes. If you're a person that journals, write down some of the stuff around them, write down some of the things that you want to try differently next time. And it would be a very good practice to help yourself heal around things that are stopping you from doing those things in your life that you want to do. They call those exposures. So outside your comfort zone around your anxiety, those activities are called exposures. It's a behavioral therapy concept. Works very well. It's, uh, you know, I, I used to not even be able to book a flight because I was so scared to fly. Even the act of booking a flight was a small step forward. And it was outside my comfort zone. So it was something I had to practice. I think that's good, guys. Have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Keep coming back. I promise we're going to figure this out. See you!